Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. This is John Katsimatidis. It's 5 o'clock, and, uh, well, the sun wasn't shining today, but so many things are happening in the studio with us today, we have a common sense uh, a Republican. We have uh, Congressman Peter King. Welcome, Peter. Great to be here, John. And uh, we have a common sense uh, Democrat. We have uh, Melissa DeRosa, was secretary to the governor of the state of New York. And uh, I guess, you know, nobody understands the word secretary. It's like being, what, chief of staff or, or to the governor? The big kahuna. The, the big kahuna. It's the New York version of essentially the White can- House chief of staff. Nobody can get by you unless and nobody can see the governor unless he, they get by you first. Definitely something of a gatekeeper. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a very powerful position. And you can't be very shy if you're in that position. I've heard I am not shy, <laughs> Congressman. <laughs> We're going to find out this hour, Melissa DeRosa. We're going to find out. <laughs> well, great and, to be here, John. And me and Rita Cosby, we've been working since 630 this morning. We have. Uh, we did the morning show, Sid and Friends, and it was a rock'em, sock'em oh, morning. So. Oh, my goodness. You know, we Higher had ratings than Sid. Higher ratings. Oh. It, it'll be oh, oh, shots fired. Sid might turn around wow. on the plane. He's traveling. He heard that we had high ratings. He redirected the plane to come back to New York. He's worried about me and John. And I also heard, I heard a rumor that somebody is uh, uh, walking around the halls of WABC, uh, some guy, the borough president of Staten Island, Vito Fasella, so he might stop in sometime. We love a full house here. And yes. boy, is there a lot to talk about, John. Of course, later on in the show, and uh, we coming have no up. Matzos tonight. Uh, oh. all, all the Jews went home. That's right. That's and, and John, right. That's I why Judge Weinberg is in Congress. here. I don't want to see him here tonight. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let him stay out in the hall. And we also, by the way, we're going to be talking about crime, of course, in Chicago. Huge news on the election front uh, with the mayors. Uh, you and I were playing the uh, funeral song earlier this morning. Well, because, we, we need the funeral song yeah. again. We were playing the funeral song for Peter, uh, Congressman, that, uh, uh, about Chicago. Yeah. Chicago has died. Yeah, now, of course, the mayoral race uh, has been concluded. And the person, if you thought Lori Lightfoot uh, was to the left, this is like left of the left, and that person won. Yeah, I was really surprised by that. Uh, I was shocked. You know, Chicago had a choice. And right after, we have, uh, I understand we have Peter Solomon coming up. Oh, John yeah, Solomon. John Solomon's got some big news. With some yep, breaking news. On Hunter Biden. And right after him, former, I think he was deputy commissioner in New York, NYPD, and commissioner uh, of Chicago, Chicago superintendent yeah. of police in Chicago. Maybe he's going to tell us what the hell happened. Yeah, I can't wait to hear his thought because there was word that the police might walk off the job if this guy got elected who ended up getting elected last night. So that's going to be interesting. And we also have Senator Al D'Amato and we've got Senator Ron Johnson. We've got an action-packed show. A lot of things happen in Wisconsin and the senator is going to be here to talk to us about it. And and Alphonse D'Amato? He's always interesting. He's always on fire. And boy, he was on fire this morning about and Trump. You know who else is calling in uh, from the uh, New York State uh, uh, Council of Businesses? Uh, Paul Zuber. And uh, Melissa, do you know Paul? I do. I worked with Paul for years. 
He's a good guy, and, and uh, you know he's got a lot of common sense too. Yeah, and a lot uh, of let's talk about with Albany. Is John Solomon on the phone yet? Yep, and in fact, we've got some breaking news. Breaking news, WABC. And joining us now with some big breaking news is the founder of Just the News, John Solomon. John, I understand there's some big stuff in terms of the classified documents and President Biden. Yeah, uh, I know people will be surprised, but the story of Joe Biden and his classified documents has changed once again. It has changed multiple times from it was only in one location to it was at four locations. We were told for the longest time by the White House on the record and by Joe Biden's lawyers that uh, Biden's uh, documents, the classified documents at the Penn Biden Center weren't located until November of 2022. But a former senior aide to President, uh, President Joe Biden, Kathy Jung, worked with him all through the vice presidential years, worked during him during his time in the private sector. She said, uh, that's not true at all. Uh, the boxes containing classified documents and vice president records and other items were stored in three different locations around D.C., including in Chinatown, eventually at the Penn Biden Center. And everybody knew them, knew about them for a long time. And contrary to what we were told, they were not in a locked closet. So the entire story that Joe Biden gave us in January when this story came out, all of it has now been debunked by a Joe Biden aide. Wow. And also, it's like a couple months earlier, apparently, right? Like she claims... Wow that they were found like in May, May. and and why didn't May, we know May, about May. it until November? Remember, that's when they apparently oh. first reported it. No Think clue. about this, uh, This is really important. John, one other thing on on on, uh, on uh, President Biden, uh, the fact that uh, did Hunter's girlfriend or, or wife has, has flipped on him? What did I hear? Uh, I have not heard that. Uh, there is a business partner, uh, Eric... Um, uh, oh God, I'm going to draw a blank on his last name, but he, one of his top business partners are definitely cooperating. I have not heard a family member has begun cooperating yet. Uh, and I just was on the phone with Comer's team a little bit ago. I'll go back and check. But as of right now, uh, I don't know of any family members that are cooperating voluntarily. Okay. Yeah. And tell us about the timetable too, why that's significant. Um, and I think it was like Hunter's girlfriend, right? And it was the Bo's ex-wife, remember, and some of the money went to it. So that is an interesting one, John, that you bring up. It's actually an interesting point. Um, tell it us is. about the timetable, Kathy. They're digging deeper and deeper into the, to the cash flow, right? How does this money move? And so we know there's a $3 million payment that comes into a business partner of Hunter Biden, and then it is divvied up. And uh, about $1.2 million of that $3 million gets routed into Biden family members' accounts, Hunter Biden, James Biden, the brother, and, of course, uh, uh, Haley Biden, a, a, uh, the, the widow of Hunter Biden's brother, Bo Biden, who died in 2015. And as, as James Comer has said, there's no explanation why China moved the money. There doesn't appear to be a business deal. It's supposed to be a free gift. And why are the Biden family members getting it? And why does it get did up? Why does it move through multiple accounts? We're getting more and more clarity on that. And that $3 million payment is only one of many. There are millions of dollars that come in from a Russian oligarch. There are millions of dollars that come in from Burisma, the Ukrainian It's a, it's a um, cash machine. Cash it you know, it sounds a little more one. serious than a uh, business ledger issue uh, with 34 felony counts. <laughs> yeah, I think I think John has it right. Listen, this was a, it's a cash machine. Of an ATM cash machine. That's what it was. What else uh, is going on today, uh, John? A lot of important things going on in the political world. A uh, little bit of uh, thunder uh, coming out of the great state of Kentucky. Congressman Thomas Massey, a big conservative, 
a guy who's been in Donald Trump's corner in the past, announced today that he's throwing his hat behind Ron DeSantis even before the Florida governor announces whether he's in the presidential race. Uh, that's a big story that's getting a lot of attention right now, and I think more people will be focusing on that. Uh, in the culture space, Caitlyn Jenner, the former Olympian star, a transgender identifying uh, a female, uh, says she's starting a pack to oppose efforts uh, to have biological males compete against biological females or to allow teachers to force or to help a student make a gender change without their parents' knowledge. So she's coming down on the side of conservatives as a member of the transgender community. That's getting a lot of attention right now. And then many world leaders all across the world, Mexico, El Salvador, many people across the country still reacting to the indictment of former President Donald Trump. Mexican president, the Mexican president just a few minutes ago says, uh, this is a political kangaroo case, and uh, he's ashamed of it being the southern border, or uh, the southern neighbor of the United States. Uh, wait, 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 he's ashamed of it? That, that to, talk about the pot calling the kettle black. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, all we need is Vladimir Putin to condemn it, and then we'll have all of the trifecta. But, yeah, it's it's amazing what how the world looks at America right now, how much it's changed in the last two years. John, you talk about this often with such brilliance, but the world looking at America doesn't seem – to see the America that uh, we all have been known for. And I've talked to many immigrants, people who are first-generation immigrants who fled Venezuela, Cuba, um, the Soviet Union, Soviet Republic, saying, I came here to flee this very type of activity I'm now seeing on the grand soil of the United States. Uh, I think this moment is just beginning to uh, sink in for people around the country. You know, I want to ask you, John, um, you brought up Comer, that you've been talking with him. I want to ask you, what is the latest with them calling up Bragg? Because he and Jim Jordan have said, look, he should come up here uh, to Congress and basically explain what kind of potentially federal dollars, how they came to this conclusion of 34 felony counts against President Trump. Where is that going? Oh, that is a great question. And let me tell you what we know. Uh, we just interviewed Congressman Greg Stewie, literally just a few seconds ago, from Florida. He's on the House Judiciary Committee, close lieutenant of uh, Jim Jordan. And he says that they discussed today that their first avenue of oversight will be to go after a uh, uh, Justice Department employee that was lent to Alvin Bragg's uh, office to help make this case. Now, why would the feds who passed on indicting Donald Trump go then and try to help a local prosecutor make that that is the first avenue of inquiry. Remember what Jim Jordan said the day he announced he was going to get involved. We want to know which political figures outside of Bragg's office were influencing, helping, assisting the pursuit of Donald Trump. They now have a bullseye around a group of people in the Justice Department who were giving advice, maybe lent resources there. I think that becomes the first big explosive um, revelation we're going to get. And then on the another front, uh, we talked about Kathy Chung being deposed and getting some big news out of her in the Joe Biden front. Uh, today, a top aide to former CIA Director John Brennan on the griddle right now. He's being deposed right now by the House Weaponization Committee asking what role did he have in uh, trying to portray the Hunter Biden laptop during the 2020 election as Russian disinformation. We hope to get some answers about what he said later today or tomorrow. But that's a big deposition. A lot of people have been waiting for that moment. Thank you, John Solomon. Thank you for all the uh, information. Keep your eyes and ears open because all the American people want, all that we want is just the truth. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Good to be with you. Thank you. Wow, really interesting, John, uh, especially that James Comer is going full steam ahead looking into Bragg. That's going to be a big deal. Well, I understand Chicago. 
Well, where's the death march there? Yeah, we need a little bit of uh, funeral music or something because it is a funeral. Uh, you and I were talking this morning, John. This really, I think, is the end of Chicago. Uh, they've got skyrocketing crime. By the way, crime is up 46% in Chicago. Overall crime, 46%. And it was high to begin with. Yeah, and it was high to begin with, Peter King. And, and with us today is... Uh, with us today is someone who's going to talk about the stunning results well, from last maybe night. Maybe he'll tell us what the hell happened. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Gary McCarthy joins us. Gary McCarthy, Chief McCarthy, uh, you're now with the Willow Springs, Illinois Department, right outside Before of the Chicago. That, he was Deputy Commissioner yep. of NYPD. Yep. And, and he was Superintendent of Police in Chicago. Then he ran for Mayor of Chicago. And now, uh, tell us, what the heck happened last night in uh, Chicago? Uh, it was good against evil. Evil won. Yeah, you know what, John? You're saying that I could, I, I'm going to talk about it. I, I actually am almost speechless. And you know me for a long time. You know that's pretty hard to do. Uh, and, and you're correct. You know, people are talking all morning long, all of my cadre, we're, we're all talking about how do we get out of here? Where are we going to go? Because even though we're in the suburbs, you know, it's going to affect the whole region. We're in, we're in what they call Quirk County, uh, which now is firmly in the grip of Tony Preckwinkle and the Chicago Teachers Union. Um, it's really stunning, astounding, and, and I just can't wrap my head around it. I, I, I am just a guest, is the way to put it. Um, the, the place you're right is done. It's toast. I mean, it's it's the kids, the the black and brown kids are the ones that are going to suffer. You know, without some of them are never going to grow up. They're going to die. Yeah, it, it, without a doubt. But again, you know, the, the the you know, go back to the to the riots in twenty twenty across the country. Um, they were well organized, and and you know what, the bad guys, if you want to call them that, the. the the people who are challenging the way that life in America is and it's supposed to be um, are really well organized. And they, they pulled off a stunning win here. But now Tony Preckwinkle has all of Cook County. Hey, hey Gary, this he is has, Pete King. Yeah. First of all, thanks for the great job you've done over the years. How you been? Uh, listen, I'm, uh, I'm, what, it's great to hear your voice, Pete. Okay. <laughs> What's going to happen with the cops? What's going to happen with crime? Is there any chance of getting that under control out there? Um, it, it, I don't see... Brandon Johnson bringing in a Bill Bratton, uh, uh, Chuck, uh, Chuck Ramsey, and Ed Davis, Gary McCarthy, somebody who, who can attack crime and, and take it head on. It's not going to happen. It's going to be, you know, I went, to a, I went to a conference out in Dallas in October for the first time in like six years, went to a police conference, and 85% of the conversation was about equity, diversity, and inclusion. And I was, I was a guest because if you went to one of our conferences 10 years ago, from dawn to dusk, we talked about crime. After that, we had cocktails before dinner, and we talked about crime. At dinner, we talked about crime. We got up the next day and talked about crime. Nobody's doing that anymore. I don't think that the police chiefs that we're accustomed to having uh, are out there, honestly. I, I think it's all about diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is not going to reduce crime. It's Bur- just not going to happen. Borough presidents of Staten Island, uh, Vito Fasella is here. Vito? Hey, Gary. Uh, echo hey, Peter's uh, comments. Thanks for what you're doing out there and trying to maintain sanity. When they had the first primary, it was as if the policies of the Chicago mayoral administration of Mayor Lightfoot were being rejected and the Chicago residents were going to move in a different direction, in a positive direction. 
it seems like they've gone in a negative direction. So I'm curious as to what happened on the ground that allowed this all to happen, if, if you know. Well, yeah, I, I, well, I have a theory. Let's put it that way. I'm, I'm certainly not an expert in politics. I am a police officer. But I, I think what happened was the progressives had a number of candidates in the, um, in the race. Brandon Johnson, Jamal Green, Lori Lightfoot, and probably a couple of others that I'm forgetting about because there were nine candidates. Well, they all united. Um, Johnson won every ward that Lori Lightfoot won uh, last time around. So, you know, it, it's pretty evident that they got together, um, they were organized, and they, and they pulled it off. I, I'm shocked that, that the... You know, 16,000 votes in, in a city like Chicago is not a whole heck of a lot of votes. And with the write-in ballots and so on and so forth, I don't know if this is really over yet, quite frankly. Um, there are some wards that had like 85 and 90 percent of, of voter registered voters voted. Now, that just smacks of something bad because we're in a city where you get about 35 percent at best. Wait, wait, wait. You mean no. corruption in Chicago? I've no, heard I of that. It. I don't believe I'm shocked. it. Shocked. Never. Never. I would never even intimate that. Absolutely. And everybody, we're talking to Gary McCarthy, Chief McCarthy, of course, who was there in Chicago, uh, now just outside of it, talking about the big mayoral race. Melissa DeRosa, of course, the chief aide there, the chief, the big kahuna, uh, to then Governor Cuomo. You've got a question. So, Chief McCarthy, I, I agree with your assessment, your political assessment. I think that people sort of drew the wrong conclusion from the primary. I think that the progressive vote was split in multiple different directions and that this was going right. to be the outcome, the likely outcome of the runoff. My question for you is, you know, politicians campaign in poetry and you govern in prose. Do you think that there's a chance that once the mayor gets into office that he sort of sees the light and understands that you've got to have cops on the beat in order to deal with crime issues. And when you actually have to get behind that desk and you've got crime shooting up and people dying and things not getting under control, that he's going to step up to the plate and, and get a little bit tough on crime. Or do you think it's just a lost cause? I think it's a lost cause. I mean, unfortunately, listening to the rhetoric throughout the campaign, um, he's committed to defunding the police. He, 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 somebody asked me publicly, you know, he wants to send social workers to, to police 9-11 calls. What do you think that's going to result in? And I said, we're going to have some dead social workers. You know, emotionally disturbed people, family disputes are very dangerous situations. So he's committed to it. I believe he's committed to it. I believe his, I don't know if you want to call them handlers, are committed to it. And uh, I, I, I don't know what the end game is. That's what I really can't figure out. Well, and uh, uh, Chief McCarthy, I want to ask you, too, we just have about a minute or so left. Um, you talked about how frustrated cops are. There were reports that police were actually going to walk off the job if this guy got elected because he's come out in the past and said he wanted to defund police. You're talking about with Melissa about social workers. Uh, is there any truth to cops? Are they some of them planning to leave? They've been leaving. They've been leaving in droves. The, the, the saying I came up with today is the exodus from Chicago is going to make the Old Testament look like a Boy Scout troop. They're, they're going to flee that department. But the good news is I'm going to be able to pick some of them up in Willow Springs. Ah, then you're going to get some good season, ones there. <laughs> good season police officers coming my way. But at the end of the day, I, I see people fleeing the city. I see people fleeing the CPD. And, you know, the spiral that was going down under Lori Lightfoot is about to accelerate.
That's well, what I believe. Gary McCarthy, thank you, and thank you for all the uh, work you've done in uh, New York City. You did a great job in New York City, a great job uh, in Chicago, and and I'm sure you're going to be going on to higher things in the future, and uh, God bless you. Thank Have you so much. Have a great Easter, Gary. Thank you for all Thanks. you do. Thanks, Pete. Great thank hearing you. you. Take care. And uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, we have uh, John McLaughlin. Yep. And he's and talking he's gonna about tell us what the heck is going on. Some big numbers with Trump and big money coming into Trump. Okay. Let's take that break. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. We're back. Yep. We sure are. And boy, the way uh, Trump is going forward in a big way and his poll numbers are skyrocketing across the board. And joining us to talk about the fallout and maybe the windfall that President Trump has gotten after yesterday, after the big arraignment and his speech last night, is John McLaughlin, the great pollster with McLaughlin and Associates. Uh, John, uh, give us some of the numbers. I mean, they are stratospheric, the difference now between Trump and also DeSantis. Uh, well, it absolutely is backfiring. I mean, we predicted this Biden brag radical left. You know, if they attacked Donald Trump, and they, which they did, and they indicted him, he would surge. And uh, by the way, Pete King's with you. Pete King used to get attacked by Newsday. He'd go up in the polls. So. <laughs> by the way, we got some breaking news. Yes, we do. Today is Peter King's birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday John, you're singing to you. Too, right? you. Happy birthday, dear Peter. Happy birthday to you. Thank you very much. You look great for four By the way, Melissa, you didn't know that uh, King's Highway was possibly uh, named after uh, Peter King. You learn something new every day. And he, <laughs> promises, uh, he promises us there's never going to be a toll on King's Highway. So nope. we're going to hold you to that. No congestion pricing <laughs> whatsoever there. Uh, John, go Sorry ahead. Sorry about that, John. <laughs> well, well, no, this is well-deserved. But, 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 you know, we've seen this before, and this is it, – it's on steroids. I mean, when you look at this – the only crime I tell President Trump he committed is he's ahead of uh, President Biden in the polls. In this, uh, in a poll we did for the uh, Trump campaign, as of Friday and Saturday, right after the announcement of the indictment, he was leading Biden nationally 47 to 43 among a thousand likely voters across the country. And it's pretty obvious why. 71% say the country's on the wrong track. 69% of all Americans says the country's gone backwards in the last two years. I've never seen that. And, and, and when you look at the primary, back in January, Donald Trump was leading a field of uh, 13 candidates, 43% to DeSantis, 31, and 5 for Pence. Now it's 51 Trump, 21 DeSantis, 6% Pence, 4% for Haley, 2% Romney, everybody else after that, one-on-one. Against Ron DeSantis, Trump's gone from January leading 52 to 41 to now leading 63-30. Very conservative voters in the primary are voting for Donald Trump 77 to 20. So Joe Biden and Alvin Bragg, Bragg who lets people go in New York when they, I mean, the poor guy in the garage the other day, he, he gets shot 
He wrestles the gun away, shoots the guy who's trying to kill him. And, and Bragg's first instinct is to indict the victim. I mean, this is nuts. So, so you couldn't have a more, you know, wacky prosecutor trying to prosecute Donald Trump. And when you look at what people think of this in the Trump campaign uh, poll that we did, uh, 56% say that uh, the attacks on Trump are making the country worse and dividing it. 57 to 35, they say they're spending too much time and resources going after Trump. There's phony political tax. It's a waste of time and money. Uh, 55%, they see a double standard where the Biden family corruption it goes uninvestigated and Trump gets charged. I mean, John, you Biden got a challenger family. here. We have uh, Melissa yeah. DeRosa, the former uh, uh, secretary to Governor Cuomo. Uh, Melissa? Mm-hmm. John, how you doing? So I look, I'll concede a couple of points to you. And I actually wrote a column in the Daily Beast this week where I, I, I made a bunch of these very points. I think that what's going on will rally Republicans around Trump. I think DeSantis has got a real problem. And I think that he's going to continue to go up in the primary polls. And for whatever the national polling is, I think about the fact that yesterday was a circus. And I'm not saying the circus was of Trump's making. I agree. I think Bragg was in the wrong. I think this was the wrong case to bring. But it was a circus. And I think part of the reason Biden got elected a couple of years back was because the country was exhausted by the circus that was the Trump administration for four years. You look at what happened in the race in Wisconsin yesterday. You know, I think about what happened in Pennsylvania with Fetterman over Oz. You see what happened with Georgia. And so I I don't agree. I do not think this helps Trump in a general election strategy. I think it reinforces the narrative that things are sort of out of control and a little bit of a circus. And at the same time, I think crucial swing states are continuing to to say we want to be center left or center and rejecting the far right. So what do you say to that? Well, you got a flawed, flawed logic in that you're blaming this on Trump. He's not in charge. We didn't do this. He didn't want to do this. I mean, this was crazy. I mean, really seriously, when you look at the investigations going on, the guy's been impeached twice. The guy's been investigated for January 6th. They raided his home in Mar-a-Lago. I mean, I've, if 40, uh, 48% of all voters say that the radical left has weaponized justice system to go after uh, Republicans. Only 39 disagree. So, what, you know, Hunter Biden's having an art show in Manhattan selling paintings for six figures. Who's paying for that? I mean, America's repulsed by this corruption. So this is not our making. We're going to fix it because inflation and there's a lot of other things thank you. going up are wrong. We're going to thank take you. a break, and uh, we have to take a break. Thank you, John McLaughlin. Thank you, John. Uh, and uh, we're going to go to Lou Dobbs for a financial report. And after Lou Dobbs... We got Al D'Amato, boy. No, Buckle no. Your is it Al D'Amato is it... Uh, um, a friend from the business council. Well, we have both. We have Al D'Amato and before and that we have Paul Zuber. Melissa's going to challenge them both. I can't wait. <laughs> Let's take that break. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, we're back and uh, we have an exciting show for you today. It doesn't stop. Uh, with us today is Paul Zuber. He is executive vice president of the Business Council of New York State, representing over 3,000 businesses. And, uh, Paul, I understand you're mad as heck and you can't take it anymore of all the crap that's going on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm mad as heck and I can't take it anymore. But, uh, John, thanks, thanks for having, having me I on the show. Uh, hell 
and I'm not going to take this anymore. <laughs> we have to enforce that, Paul, okay, just so you know. <laughs> uh, in the studio with us today, uh, we have uh, Melissa DeRosa, who secretary to Governor Cuomo, and uh, Congressman Peter King, Vito, Vito Fasella, borough president of uh, the great state, great Borough of Staten Island. Sometimes it feels like another state, but that's a whole other and story. Another state. Yeah, another exactly. And, and so tell us, oh, you're, when I spoke to you before, you were very upset about all the things going on. Uh, what's the state of the budget and what are, what are they doing to the business people of New York State? Uh, well, you know, the budget negotiations continue, as most of us know. And I think, obviously, uh, most of us are aware that most of it's wrapped up in uh, disputes regarding uh, bail reform. But I think one of the big issues that came to light over the last uh, 72 hours was um, an issue around the uh, Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act, which was a bill that was passed back in 2019. It was designed to you know, bring New York into the forefront of um, environmental and energy change and part of that bill required a different way of determining greenhouse gas emissions. Emissions. So what New York did was it went with a 20-year metric as opposed to a 100-year metric, which is what the federal government uses, is used internationally, used by every other state. Using that metric, it has come out through some uh, modeling by the governor's office is going to cause huge increases um, in prices for consumers. Um, I, the commissioner of DEC um, estimates that there could be a 62 cent increase per gallon of gasoline, and there's a potential 80% increase um, in cost to homeowners to, uh, to heat their homes. Wow. That's uh, I mean, increase in the price of gasoline you know, Saudi Arabia and Russia just took a piece of that uh, of the pot already. I mean, it's going to go up another ten, fifteen, twenty cents a, a gallon. And if if the state's going to raise it too, then you're going to make the poor people poorer. You're going to make the middle class poor. Exactly. And what frustrates me so much are two things. Number one is you can't sit there as a legislator and. In one second, you sit there and you talk about affordability, 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 affordability. We have to make New York, New York more affordable. We need more affordable housing. We have to increase the minimum wage. But then at the same time, you're siding with a group of people who have openly said, you know, in terms of the environmentalists, have openly said that we want to support a policy that's going to increase people's gas prices as well as their home heating prices. Wow. And unfortunately... It, it came to light. It was leaked that this was put on the table during the budget. The next thing you know, I, I couldn't pick up my phone on Twitter without seeing some uh, tweet by an environmental group. I couldn't pick up my phone and not see an article um, opposing uh, this change in, in the, uh, the methodology for greenhouse gas emissions. There were legislators who were holding press conferences uh, in front of Governor Hochul's office. There were protests in front of Governor Hochul's office. So what ended up happening, they backed off the issue. So now the issue is off the table for now. But again, I think what frustrates me is there are so many people who want to talk about helping people in need, 
creating a diverse and inclusive and strong economy, but yet they're okay with something that's clearly going to hurt the most vulnerable New Yorkers by increasing prices. Absolutely. Go ahead, uh, Vito Fisello, uh, borough president. At, at what point is enough enough, right? People have been fleeing this state and the city now for the last several years. You know, John uh, Katsimatidis has suggested the number of 460,000 or so taking billions of dollars of wealth. Commercial property taxes are going through the roof. The cost of doing business in New York State is through the roof. To, to suggest that now another 60 cents a gallon could be tacked on to anybody driving a car on already historical high levels, what, at what point is enough enough, is, is enough enough? I, well, I, from the business council, we totally agree. And, and I think the second point I'd like to make to everybody and, and your audience out there is I, I partially blame myself because honestly, I think business has to realize that we're in a fight. And we got to stop thinking that, you know, the, the different groups that are, are pushing these issues are, are, are in, 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 unable to push an agenda, to push an agenda politically. We have to start fighting back. We have to start letting the public know what is going on. And until we do that, you know, quite honestly, I'm upset about it, but I, I, I can't complain because we need to put our best foot forward and make sure New Yorkers know what is going on. And, and, uh, and, and Paul, um, we've got uh, Melissa DeRosa has a real quick question for you. Paul, hey, it's Melissa yeah. DeRosa. It's good to chat with you. I mean, look, I, I know, obviously, from my years up in Albany, dealing with the legislature, dealing with the governor, dealing with the Albany budget, it's like a hockey game. You've got to be tough, you've got to be strategic, and you've got to be substantive. And my recommendation to the Business Council is you guys have got to find some other champions because Hochul is not effective. She is the weakest governor that we've had in decades. And if you ask her to carry the water, I mean, I saw this whole thing play out over the last three days. As soon as I saw into the press, I'm like, this is going to get knocked off the table because she was the only one that you had in your corner. And so I think that people have got to figure out how to develop champions in the legislature, because I think that the governor's with every passing day more marginalized. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, I agree. And, and I agree. We, we, we have to do our job. I guess that's that's my thing. Um, we have to do our job and we have to use our voices, use our members um, to make our case. And we and, and quite honestly, I think we got to stop, you know, relying on others. We have to be more like the environmentalists. We have to be more like the progressives. We need to get out there and get in front of issues and get in people's face. And let people know what is going on. Because if the general public knew that there was a potential to increase their home heating costs or their gasoline costs, they would they would go nuts. Yeah, they'd be and outraged. You just got to let them know. Absolutely. You got to let them know. And, and that's something, you know, for everybody who's listening, that's something that the Business Council is working on and putting some things together to kind of allow us to have that type of structure where we can do these type of things. Because, you know, we need to let people know that if you're not with us, then we're going to let people people know well, about what's going on. And I think that's Paul, important. we have to go to our next guest. But but thank you for coming on. And 484,000 New Yorkers have left already. If we have our businesses starting to leave, too, uh, they, who's going to pay the taxes in New York? I, t- I totally agree. I, I, I will tell you that our, our colleagues in other states – um, in other state chambers have already told us that they've already created 
PowerPoints and, and different types of things to try to attract businesses from New York into their state. And it's going on and we got to stop it. Yeah. Raising gas Thank is you. not going to uh, keep them here. That's for sure. Thank you, Paul Zuba. We'll talk again to, we'll talk to you again real soon. And Rita, I've heard that the greatest, uh, uh, Senator. Senator that New York has ever had is on. Yeah, absolutely. You are correct. We have New York Senator, the great former one, Al D'Amato. Uh, Senator D'Amato, uh, we got a full house here. So uh, I want to hear your thoughts on the Trump case and what it speaks to to American justice. Well, let me tell you what the Trump case has done. It has hurt us um, terribly throughout the world. It, has, it will embolden China. It will embolden Russia. Our allies are wondering what the hell is going on. Our justice system is absolutely out of their mind. Going after a former president and a possible uh, uh, president uh, uh, to be in such a manner over such nickel and dime nonsense um, is, is just unimaginable. You can't know how much it has hurt us. And if you're wondering why they lost in Chicago and in some of these other areas and why the taxes in suburban communities in Long Island are soaring and why hundreds of thousands of people as a result of that are moving out of the state, they're not just moving from New York City. They're moving from Long Island, from Westchester, from Putnam, etc., because they can't take the taxes anymore. And do you know where 71% of the local taxes in Long Island go? Where? It is school districts. And who are the champions? Who championed the election in Chicago for the new mayor-elect? Ah, it was the teachers' union gave gave a million dollars. Tens of millions of dollars. Tens of millions of dollars. And go out there and work, etc. Who's undermining our kids? Who's teaching this woke philosophy? And by the way, if you took a look at some of the school districts, we have superintendents getting paid, in some cases, twice as much as the governor of New York, a superintendent for one school district. And they have a bureaucracy. It's not just one. He's got this assistant, that assistant, the other assistant. And that's not even talking about the principals and the staffs they have built. It's out of control until we stand up to the teachers unions, the wokers. And I have to tell you, the governor from Virginia, he had the colonies to do it, to take them on. And the people supported him because they wanted to teach this nonsense. Who's against the charter schools? <laughs> charter schools, their community and their kids, an opportunity to learn. They're begging for it. They want it. No, the ultra-liberals and the leftists and the teachers' unions with their money that they give to support these candidates, they are against charter schools. They don't want competition. And by the way, what are the charter schools? They charge half and sometimes a third of of what the school districts charge. So the town supervisors, whether they're a Democrat or Republican, the town mayors, the village mayors, etc., they can do all that they want in holding taxes. And what taxes go up every year? Senator, hold on. we got another U.S. senator who's going to come on with us and stay on. We're going to all talk together. We have the uh, senator from Wisconsin, Middle America. There's some breaking news in Wisconsin. 
Uh, Senator Ron Johnson, are you there? I sure am, John. Well, say hello to Senator Alphonse D'Amato in New York. Have you guys worked together? Ron, keep up the great great work. You know, you're you're a voice that has to be heard. And and so don't let down. Senator, tell us what happened. This is Rita Cosby. Great to have you here on the show uh, with me and John in a great full house here. Um, What happened? Big news uh, with the court there. And that really now is going left in Wisconsin. Tell us about this. Everyone's talking about it, Senator Johnson. Well, tens of millions of dollars poured in from outside the state to support this radical left judge. Um, And let's face it, the left does not view the courts the way conservatives do. I mean, we we, we view them as a co-equal branch of government that are here to adjudicate uh, disputes based on the laws it's written and the Constitution as, as it's written. That's not what the left how the left views the courts. The, the left views the courts as super legislatures, and that's how they're going to use it. So this is a depressing result. Uh, Dan Kelly did get 200,000 more votes than the last time we won one of these uh, Supreme Court races uh, in 2019, but the liberal leftist judge got 400,000 more votes than the last time they lost the Supreme Court race. So uh, we were overwhelmed by outside money. Uh, we had, unfortunately, a nasty primary. You know, Democrats are very good at clearing the field. Republicans aren't. And then they, in, t- to boot, they actually run nasty primaries, which is not helpful. But, you know, this is not, this is got not good news because they will rule by judicial fiat. D- Democrats don't respect democracy. They don't, they don't respect voters. In Wisconsin, now, for the last couple of decades, we've done the hard work of winning elections uh, for legislators, electing governors to sign bills. We made some real good conservative progress. Democrats will just wipe that all out by judicial fiat, including voter ID, uh, election integrity measures, uh, Act 10. I mean, just go down the list. Uh, I shudder to think of what's going to happen to Wisconsin as a result of this. Wow. Uh, you know, Senator, I want to get your thoughts. We haven't had you on, of course, uh, since the big arraignment happened yesterday and President Trump's speech last night. Uh, we just were talking with Al D'Amato about what he thinks of justice now in America do you feel uh, this is a persecution and not a prosecution? It's absolutely a persecution. They have been tormenting Donald Trump for seven years. They never let up. And of course, I was in- investigating the corrupt FBI investigation into the Russian collusion hoax, now, the, the corrupt handling of the Hunter Biden uh, investigation. W- what investigation? Other than what S- Senator Grassley and I have uncovered in, in the New York Post, uh, there's not been a serious investigation. In fact, you've been sabotaged by the FBI in terms of uh, you know, their knowledge of the Hunter Biden computer. So we, we do not have the rule of law in this country. Uh, we don't have equal administration of justice. This is a travesty. This is a, this is a very bad sign for our democracy. And uh, Vito Fasella, you got a question for him. Yeah, Senator Johnson, Vito Fasella, thanks. Um, what happens next? Uh, you know, it was a pretty significant loss there in Wisconsin yesterday. As you, <clears throat> excuse me, as you said, in the judge, what happens next with this uh, indictment and the political mood in Wisconsin? Because Wisconsin is pretty much a bellwether for the rest of the country. So I'm curious as to if you have any thoughts or probabilities of what will occur. Well, one of the things we have to stop disputing our base by joining with Democrats to spend like drunken sailors. Uh, you know, my, my colleagues, when they voted for the omnibus spending bill, for example, uh, they basically put $255 million into the campaign coffers of Tammy Baldwin because they agreed to earmarks. She, she brought she 
is bragging about $255 million of earmarks of money we don't have that is going to further mortgage our kids' future. Uh, but the other thing we have to do in the political realm, I'm, I'm not a real fan of political consultants. I mean, they make their money uh, by their cut on ads. And what we need to do is we need to spend money on the ground game. We need to hire people, hopefully members of the community that know their neighbors, and we need to pay them to get out the vote. Now, we have a much bigger challenge in Wisconsin. All the Democrats really have to do is go into Dane County, and they've done an excellent job of turning out the vote in Dane County. We have to go throughout the state and try and get every vote from every small town uh, that is, you know, inhabited by conservatives. It's a much bigger task, and we need to understand how we have to do that. But unfortunately, the, the consultant class, they're just happy to run the same old cookie-cutter campaigns running the same cookie-cutter kind of ads, and they just don't work. Let me bring in Senator Al D'Amato. Your thoughts on all this? Well, you just heard uh, what's taking place nationwide uh, uh, from an expert, Senator Johnson, and he is absolutely right. He didn't touch on the teachers' unions, one of the most powerful groups, and where do you think all their money goes? All right? doesn't go to Republicans. It goes to Democrats. They are. Yeah, but the kids are suffering. The kids are suffering. And and instead of there being New York, we need we need for the minority communities charter schools that that charge one third of what the public schools charge for these minority communities. And they desperately want it. Who stops it? The teachers unions. And guess what? The governor is afraid to take them on. Uh, the mayor, who's come out for charter f- uh, schools initially, now he's backed off. And the left wing totally dominated. All right? And and let me tell you, it's money, money, money. By the it way, from- breaking news. Robert yep. Kennedy just uh, filed to run for president on the Democratic side. Oh, that is big news. Because there was word he might run, and that he might even run as an independent. Um, of course, his family's Democrat. Uh, but it's interesting. It, it, it's a voice. Actually, Melissa DeRosa. Melissa DeRosa, anything to say? You, you know, our in-house Democrat you know, today, Speaking Melissa of DeRosa. a circus. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure this is great news for Democrats. I mean, look, when we're talking about this, what's going on in Wisconsin, what's going on in Washington, what's going on in the primary, my, my free advice to the Republican Party, not that you asked for it, is divorce yourself from Donald Trump, because I think that is a huge part of the problem that Democrats are winning. I think that you're getting moderates that are going to the left that otherwise wouldn't be. I think that if you focused on crime and affordability and those issues and distance yourself from the crazy, you would be better off. But let, let, let me get a reaction. Actually, that's an interesting uh, Senator Johnson. What do you think? Um, Melissa saying uh, separate away from Trump. She's a Democrat. She, of course, is very close to then Governor Cuomo. Well, she understands the reality of the situation is President Trump has a great deal of support in the Republican base because he made America stronger and he loves this country. And he's, he's pointing out how Democrats have weakened this country across the board. I would argue our biggest problem in the massive circle of the left is they took over our university systems. And so they control college of education, journalism. We're cranking out not journalists anymore, advocates for the left, teachers that indoctrinate our children through the teachers union. Uh, so, no, we, we, we've got significant challenges. Uh, the Democrats have infiltrated effectively and pervasively every institution of this country and globally. 
And now we're seeing the results because leftism isn't helping anything. They are just, it's, leftism is destructive and we're witnessing it here in America. Thank you, uh, Senators D'Amato, Senator, uh, uh, Johnson. And, and what do we all stand for? You know, I feel like I'm in the Daily Planet building. By the way, how great to have these two great senators, too. Two awesome. U.S. Thank senators, you. two great U.S. senators. Thank you so much. And uh, Vito Fasella. And, and, and birthday guy. And Peter King is birthday today. And are you, are you, are you 65 yet? Uh, well beyond that, John. He's well beyond, John. He's, <laughs> he's pushing 90. Don't let him mind it. Pete, I love you. 25. You look, yeah, 25. Not a day over the lady, 25. The lady Melissa say 25. just hit 30. She's looking good. We love you, Melissa. Great to have you here. Great to Thank be here. you so much. And what, what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American way. way. God bless America. And happy birthday, Peter King, Congressman. Happy birthday, Peter. 25. Many, many 25. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WA. ABC 2024.